0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the
1: best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events... The widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's not about me. I'm only here for a minute. And I know that I can fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me
2: try? Hello, welcome to Laz and Powers. This is Scott Powers, joined by Mark Lazarus. This podcast is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on-demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Hello, Mark. Good morning. Hey
3: Scott, how you doing? Good Monday. Monday morning, ready for the week. It's uh, yeah. You know, I, you know I, I was all messed up yesterday. That was my first time on a seven a.m. flight in a very long time, and I forgot that it just kind of wipes you out the rest of the day. I fell asleep during the Bears game, uh, which is not an indication of how the Bears played. I was just very tired, um, and I was uh, I was out by ten p.m. It was kind of nice actually. Yeah, how was How was it to be on the road uh, for the first time in so long? I liked it. I missed it. I mean, it was weird being away from the kids because I haven't for like 19 months now after just, you know, it's funny because my kids are nine and six. So they barely remember what it was like before COVID. And I used to be gone all the time. And that was normal to them. They didn't think it was weird that their dad would just disappear for a week at a time. But now I have to kind of like retrain them that this is what's going to happen from time to time. But no, <laughs> it was it was just nice to be out on the road. You know, I saw a show. I got some pizza. It was, uh, you know, it was pretty good. Cool. I was Denver
2: uh it was it was chillier than expected um but uh i i just i denver is a problem for me just cause i i hate how far the airport is from i feel like this is the only thing i have to say about denver is how far the airport's from downtown but once you get downtown it's great but uh um yeah it was nice it was nice to be in a marriott again and you know yeah. like i got the I, I got the upgrade on the, on the room <laughs> and uh, um. Yeah, I was, you know, walking in the arena and, yeah, just going to morning skates and, yeah, all those nice things that, uh, yeah, hockey again and somewhat, you know, like, you know, you go, it was like a small little room they had in Colorado for us to meet with the media and, you know, they brought a bunch of players out in Carlton and, Colleton and um, yeah, they felt like there was some normalcy to it. so Yeah,
3: it really did. It felt like like being at home, being at practices has felt semi-normal, but this was like our first real taste of, oh, we're back to our what our actual jobs are, right? you know, it's just like... You know, I'm, I'm abandoning my responsibilities at home, and I'm busy on the road, and I'm writing every day, and the, the games have significance, and it, it's been nice. It hasn't been nice if you're a Blackhawks fan, but yeah. it's been nice let's, to be a writer again.
2: Let's get to the significance part, because I guess that's the part that uh, I know I know that even as we were talking and and slacking over the last few days is how how big is this? The Blackhawks are 0-2-1, um, I think it'd be less significant if these team like if they played well in these games and were like oh they just weren't getting the results. But you're seeing a lot of things, not necessarily what you saw in recent years, but you're seeing other breakdowns. You're seeing you're seeing a lot of odd man rushes. You're seeing um, I think Fleury would tell you that he hasn't been happy with his play. Like you're just you're not seeing scoring. Like they have two five on five goals and one of them's from Connor Murphy. Like there there are, I think there are a lot of reasons why um, the Blackhawks should be concerned. And I thought you summed this up pretty well in your column after the Penguins game that. This is supposed to be different, and and it hasn't, and there has to be some level of concern that things aren't going to change automatically.
3: Yeah, I mean, being 0-2-1 against three pretty good teams, and I think the Devils will be pretty good this year. I think they're taking a big step with Dougie Hamilton, and Jack Hughes is going to be a monster. Um, That's not the end of the world. It's how they did it. They looked so bad against Colorado. Okay, well, everyone's going to look bad against Colorado, even without Nathan McKinnon. They're really, really good. They looked... Really bad against the Devils for the most part. Except for that good stretch in the second period. They had about a 15-16 minute stretch in the second period where they looked pretty good. And then they had that great push at the end of the third period where Seth Jones was just like, oh, that's why you pay Seth Jones that much money. He He was absolutely fantastic late in that game. And then the Penguins game. Good God. Like, the first 11 or 12 minutes of that game was some of the worst hockey I've ever seen. The Blackhawks were just lost out there. They were just getting overrun. It's not just giving up a goal 15 seconds in. It's the response to it. They were on their heels. They couldn't sort anybody defensively against the rush. Uh, they had no offensive time. They Their, their transition was a, was a mess. Guys were chasing, defensemen were chasing each other into the same corner. It was a lot of the problems that we've been seeing over the last few years, but almost like on steroids. Like, it was... It was one of the worst periods of hockey I've ever seen. And this is a team that once gave up 33 shots on goal to the, to the lightning in one period. I mean, it was that level of bad. And that's a concern. Like these penguins are not good. There was no Sidney Crosby. There was no Evgeny Malkin. There was no Brian Rust. Um, This is even with those guys. This is probably a middling penguins team. And they looked like the 92, 93 penguins against those Blackhawks. That's a significant concern. Uh, these are, they are playing very poorly right now. We, we just went through, you know, the most rigorous camp you and I have seen on our, in our 10 seasons on this beat and they looked wholly unready for regular season hockey. And that's why, you know, the temperature is so high right now among the fan base and everyone's freaking out. And you have to start talking about the uncomfortable things like Jeremy Colleton's job status, Stan Bowman, even like things are bad right now. And if they don't turn it around very quickly, it's only going to get worse from here And there's...
2: I want to talk about the Penguins game a bit, but there's, like, there... You have Taves who's coming back in, and it's been also, I was actually looking at Taves' numbers. Like he's actually, I think he's like tenth in five on five ice time. So they're they're actually holding him back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But and you have these defensemen who are transitioning in, and you have Tyler Johnson and and all these different things, and they just they don't have the time to really ease into it. You know, like there's just it, it was supposed to look better, and this is what the preseason was for. And I actually went back yesterday and watched that Penguins' first period to kind of see what r- went wrong. And and a lot of those odd man rushes are because defensemen are jumping up and being aggressive and it's just people are getting it's not bad to be aggressive but it's it's got to be smart you know like there was a play by stillman that he jumps in the play and then uh the forwards actually move back and try to you know step in his place and defend but it, and then when they see stillman has the puck they jump forward again because they, they see an opening where they can they can receive a pass in the slot and instead of Fighting the open guy, Stillman shoots it from a weird angle. It hits the boards and it goes off for an odd man right. rush. And and even on the opening play of the game, like all the Blackhawks need to do is probably get through the first minute, you know? Like there would be, if they get through the first minute, it would have been a positive, you know? Like it's, it's not a bad start. But uh, Kelvin DeHaan jumps all the way to the opposing blue line to try to break up a rush. Tave loses a, a board battle and all of a sudden it's a two on one in the first 15 seconds. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I know that you want to be aggressive and. But I I think this team needs to play safe in some ways, you know? Like, it's just – it can't afford those risks right now. Like, you have enough offensive uh, talent that you – yeah, those risks really
3: don't need to be needed. Like the defensemen need to be defensive now for the most part, right? Well, if you're Duncan Keith in his prime, you can be that aggressive because you can make up the ground going back to a lot of the time. The Blackhawks don't have those kinds of skaters on the back end, other than maybe Seth Jones, and you want him being aggressive. But Dahan and McCabe and Murphy, these are defensive guys. Stillman, these are defensive minded guys. They should be playing safer than this. Like you know, there's there, there's there's value in aggression. But when you keep getting beaten like this, you have to adjust, and I don't see any adjustments here. I don't see them saying, you know what, let's take it back a notch and let's make sure that we're not allowing all these odd man Russians. They just keep allowing them throughout the game. Yeah. And part of part of that is they're falling behind early, and they have to press because they have to. They're, they're chasing a lead. I mean, it's kind of a catch twenty two. But you're, but even you're right. yeah, but
2: even that Penguins game, I mean, they. Uh it didn't really get bad until they made those rushes, you know, like until they made those kind of pinches. And, and, you know, I think there was, I think there was five really odd man rushes. And I think they scored on three of them. Like it, like when you look at the first period, like I I actually thought in the zone, they weren't defending that poorly, like against Colorado, there were definitely issues and, you know, Colorado was playing so fast, but against, against Pittsburgh and at times against, even against New Jersey, like in the zone, it's not that it doesn't like, it doesn't look bad, you know, it probably doesn't look as like, there's certainly guys, like there was a time that McCabe and Murphy went both behind the, net in New Jersey. And then Hughes comes out with a puck and and scores. But I don't see that as much as maybe last year against a small sample size. I I just, yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's other things right now. And um, I'm sure Colleton will say it's correctable, but it's just, it's stuff that I I don't understand why it's happening right now. It keeps on happening so far.
3: Well, right. And, And it's stuff that he's been saying has been correctable for years now. It's like Matt Nagy after every Bears game. Well, we have to understand the whys of it. Well, these whys have been happening for how many years now? Like at what point should these be corrected? No matter what the personnel is, at what point should you have a handle on what's going wrong? And you know, you you, you and I were texting uh, during the game in, in Pittsburgh and, I think I think you said this, and you know, in in another year, this would have been an okay start—not like, not okay, but like understandable. Like last year, when they had eleven guys making their NHL debuts, yeah, you can understand a start like this. This is not that team anymore. This is a win now team with savvy veterans who should be playing better than this. It's that simple. This is not. This is a team that is built to win right now. Its playoffs are bust. Mark Andre Fleury is on a one-year contract, and is. You know, who, no indication that he's in this for the long haul. So if you stumble out of the gate now, we all know how hard it is to make up ground in the division uh, with the loser point out there. It's really, really hard. And if they f- start out two, seven, and one, or whatever it's going to wind up being, they're not going to make up that ground. So they have to fix it and they have to fix it immediately. Like there's not yeah. a lot of time here. Yeah, no, tomorrow's game feels important, you know, like it's a... And the Islanders Islanders are in the same boat. They've had two horrible games. So, you know, they're going to be coming in motivated to not fall down 0-3. Poor Islanders are on the road for an 11th straight or something.
2: 13 to start the season. Wow. Um, It's also, I mean, the Blackhawks... You can tell from as much as Eddie Olchek talks about it, You know, like, the tickets are available for this game, and they're selling. They like the Blackhawks need to sell tickets, and and I think there was an excitement about this home opener. Um, and they're, you know, I don't. Know, I think I think the crowd's gonna be decent, but for the games going forward, they need they need to build on some momentum here because I think whatever excitement it was here at the beginning of the season, and as much as the scouts, you know, talked the Blackhawks up, and it seemed like fans were all excited. I think it's all just. It it's it's deflating already, you know. Like it just they can't afford a poor start from uh, a playoff perspective, from a season, you know. Like just from a selling tickets perspective, you know, business perspective. I think the, I mean there are a lot of things the Blackhawks need to correct this quickly, and and it, and it feels like uh, you know they have four games here at home, four or five straight games at home, maybe four, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Tomorrow's game feels important. There should be an enthusiasm with the home opener. There um, there should be a, a a drive and a motivation concerning those first three games and. Um, yeah, you certainly don't want to give up a goal in the first 20 seconds. I guess that'd be the starting point.
3: Yeah, you know, a few guys met. Seth Jones brought it up. Patrick Kane brought it up about the fact that all three games this last past week were home openers for the teams they were playing. And yeah, that's, that's, that's an unfortunate quirk of the schedule, but that kind of thing is going to happen early in the season. and Because, you know, everyone comes out like with their hair on fire in a home opener. I get that. But that doesn't excuse what happened. So now the 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 Blackhawks have to do that to the Islanders. They have to come out crazy hot and just take it to them. And the Islanders, they were they were I think among the athletic staff were the the pick to come out of the Eastern Conference. This is a good team. This is a team that made it to the Final Four each of the last two seasons. And they they might be struggling out of the gate, but this is a good team. It's a tough challenge. It's probably the second best team they've played after Colorado. So the challenge here is big, and that's why you know look look you know there's been a lot of you know. You never want to take the Twitter discourse and make that the, the actual discourse. Yeah. But Jeremy Collins' job status, I mean, we... It would be negligence not to talk about it this way because of the things that we've talked about already, that this is a win now season, that you said they have to sell tickets this year, that if this gets bad, we've seen coaches fired earlier in the season. You know, Dennis Savard, four games in, Joel Quen- and he had won one of those games. Joel Quenville was 6-6-3, 15 games in and a 500 record, and they fired him. The Blackhawks, and I cannot stress this enough, do not want to fire Jeremy Colleton. That is Stan's guy. Stan believes in him. And as I wrote today, the players, for the most part, do too. Like They really do buy in on him. But... Uh, at some point, you know the your, your, the temperature of your seat raises. This is the fourth year now of Colleton, and he's got his full training camp, and he's got guys to work with for the first time. And they completely fell flat on their face in the first three games. This, if they don't win a couple of games and just lower the temperature in a hurry, it's going to get. It's just going to spiral out of control here.
2: Yeah, and and I think Stan Bowman's fate. I mean, I think this is why they won't pull the trigger quickly because I, I think Stan Bowman's fate ultimately is connected to how. Uh, you know, they stuck through Jeremy Colleton through these tough years, They, you know, this was the rebuilding stage, they they planned these these moves together, like, this was supposed to be based on Colleton's system, um, they, they fired Joel Quinville for Jeremy Colleton, like, that's still, right. that's still, there's still a factor in this whole play, you know, like, the, um, whether or not that was the right decision, like, it, it's, yeah, they they justified it, because they thought Colleton was the guy, so I, I don't think this is to be a quick trigger thing, but I, I do think the pressure builds if they continue to lose. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure today they're working on systems and they'll work on some of these areas, you know, these, these issues. And, um, but I, I, I think it's just, they need, they need to come out motivated and driven, you know, like it just, it, it something has to look different. And um, I know today they brought up Mike Hardman. Uh, I don't know if that's, you know, maybe they go a little bit bigger maybe, there. M- for, maybe
3: Dylan Strome gets in the lineup since he can't score yeah, I, five well, on
2: five. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was writing about this for tomorrow about some of the 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 problems. And 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 ultimately, it's like if you're going to sit Dylan Strom, you better justify having someone else in the lineup. Like right now, Tyler Johnson has been on the ice for the I think it's the lowest percentage of scoring chances for like it's just I don't I don't know how you if you're lacking scoring um, and defense is a problem. How do you, you know, like what, what, what worse can you be with Dylan Strom on the ice? You know, like I think Godet's actually been, you know, watching the Pittsburgh game again. I thought Goddard was pretty good. Um, and he made, I thought he made the right move. I mean, Carpenter, you know, like if you're struggling, like Carpenter's, he's expendable in that way. Like he can help you in some ways. But if you're looking to produce and maybe drive a little bit more offense, I think Goddard's a good, maybe, you know, good jump start there. And I, and I think Strom is too. I think you know like doc's playing really well why yep. not throw doc in between you know maybe throw doc back with hagel and borgstrom but give strom a chance to run with canaan to bring kit like it just um i don't know I, I feel like there needs to be a little bit of mixing up something to get you going and you do have this is why you have guys like god and Stroman on um there you know maybe to give you that spark when and they're obviously they're motivated i mean strom's gonna come out want to you know want to play well so i i think I I think you have to consider bringing strong back in lineup for this game.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right
1: You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
3: Well, I think that'll be tough. We're recording this just before... Practice on Monday, so but yeah. I'm very curious to see if what Colleton's reaction is, how comfortable he is right now. Is he going to do something drastic to try to salvage something right now, or is he comfortable that you know what? Uh, I've got time, I've got a leash here, and 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 you know we're we're going to make this work with what we wanted to work with. We're not going to overreact to three games. I'm very curious to see how he handles that. Uh, I, I did want to, uh, you know, I I wrote that column Friday night about the game, and I did talk about Colleton's. I didn't call for his head, but I said that you know his seat's obviously getting hot. Saturday. Saturday? Uh, it was uh f- yes yeah, Saturday night sorry sorry Saturday, Saturday night and then Sunday morning for for today that, that came out today I wrote a basically uh, the other side of that where I talked to Jonathan Taves and you know Patrick Kane about internal and I got I got some flack for 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 I don't know both citing it or waffling on it and I got I actually got a uh, uh, I got contacted by a, uh, uh, um, a uh, an executive for another team assistant GM and he was curious about the journalistic thought process of like almost completely contradicting myself there and I kind of wanted to get into that because look you know I had just lobbed some bombs with that last piece and I'm not really a bomb thrower I'm not the guy who just goes there and, and and you know calls for burning it all down that's not really my style as a columnist but you know that was the view from the outside and it was undeniable and I stand everything I wrote I believed and I think a lot of people believe but um you know, it's only fair and it's only right that I follow that up with the view from the inside, from inside the room. And no, you're not going to get the unvarnished truth from a hockey player. They're not going to throw the coach under the bus. You're not going to hear Jonathan Taves say, this sucks and we need a new guy. But you still have to ask the question. It's it's irresponsible not to ask the question. And I had talked to Taves before the Penguins game because I wanted to ask him about the whole, the buy-in factor, because we wrote a lot about this last year. We had scouts tell us this. We had other executives tell us this. There was a lot of speculation that the reason the Blackhawks were really buying into Colleton last year is because Taves and Seabrook were not in the room to kind of get in the way of that. They, they suck so much oxygen out of the room, and they're old school, and they're Quenville loyalists, and this was the narrative. And, you know, nobody had asked Taves this yet, so I wanted to ask him that, and I did. And, you know, he admitted, yeah, at first it was hard, and I, mean, I think we all realized that he wasn't really shy about, you know, his uh, – his frustrations with Colleton in the early going. Remember that that Tampa game where they went to seven defensemen so that Slater Cuckoo could play against his old team, and it blew up the whole momentum they had because all the lines were messed up. And Taves was pissed about it. And when Seabrook was first a healthy scratch, guys were pissed about that. But it, 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 I think it's significant that I really do believe that Taves is on board with Colleton now. You know, uh, when 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 he talked to me in the summer about last year, you know. Colleton fell on his sword for him. He took a bunch of bullets for him at that Vegas series in the bubble uh, because Taves took himself out of the game, and Colleton said, "No, I took him out of the game because he didn't want to, you know, betray that, you know, that Taves was going through physically what he was going through." And I think there's a lot of respect built up between Colleton and Taves now because of that. And I really do believe Taves when he says, "I mean, yeah, he might be frustrated right now, and he might have his doubts, and he even said, you know, I have my questions, and I don't, you don't agree with everything 100 percent.' But Jeremy's open to hearing about that. I really do believe." That Colleton has uh, Taves' respect. He's got all the young guys' respect. He certainly has Kane. Kane was an early convert. And I do think it's significant that someone like Jonathan Taves has come around on Jeremy Colleton. I I don't think he was bullshitting me when he said that. I've known Taves for a long time now. And I can tell when he's doing PR spin and when he's telling you what's really on his mind. I really do believe he thinks they can win with Jeremy Colleton. So... What they, that story might have undermined what I wrote the other night, but that's significant too. Is that internally this is what they see when externally we're all seeing something different. I think there's there's value in presenting that.
2: I, I also think they don't want to go through this again. You know, like the the, the window is closing for you know and Taves and their contracts, and sure, like they they just committed to this rebuild, and and now all of a sudden you have uh, you brought in all these players and things are supposed to change, and I, and I think they did buy in the Colleton, but it's also like. You know, w- like we need we need to win, you know like the window is closing, and I, I think those guys buy it you know understand it too and i and i and I think Taves sees the game and thinks the game differently in a larger perspective, you know, coming back from from last year and 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 Kane did buy in, but i, I think he also realizes that last year was necessary, and yeah i don't, I'm sure yeah, they, they're frustrated they they certainly there, don't they want also, to, like they, yeah, yeah they, don't, they don't want
3: to go through this again, right, they don't want to start from scratch again with a new guy and and do all the growing pains because they know there's no time for that. Like they really need to turn it around immediately so that they don't have to do that again. It, and it is. And, and and that's what I wrote on Saturday. It's not just on Collaton. The players are playing poorly. The players are the ones who win the game or lose the game. So they need to go out there and do a better job. If they don't if 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 they don't want to go through this again, go score some goals. Yeah. Go prevent some goals. Play better. It's as simple as that. The Blackhawks have the talent. The Blackhawks are a more talented team than the Devils. They're a more talented team than the Penguins Ice the other night. They're not playing like it, though. yeah
2: no and it's gonna it's just it he's gonna take the fall if things don't turn around, but re, yeah but it's they have the players they, they and like you said they i mean this team is it has the personnel that should be able to do this now, so um it it's on these veterans and you know like you certainly need Borgstrom's and those to Hagel's step up, but you know like you you need more I i I think the brinkett has been pretty quiet these first few games, you yeah. know like he I think he has two five on
3: five shots on goal um. And hey, yeah. there's there's 79 games left. I get it. Like I'm always the first guy to say, "Hey, it's early. Relax. Chill out." We saw this last year where they were terrible in their first two games at Tampa, and then they turned out to be pretty competitive for a while, and this is a better team than that. I get it. But everything else we're saying about, you know, the 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 window here and Flurry being on a 1-year and Kane and Taves coming in, you know, how many years of their prim- there's an urgency here. At least there needs to be an urgency here to Pull out of this tailspin before they crash into the ground.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, yeah, see, a uh, home opener. It's been uh, it's been a couple of years since we've actually. You were the last uh, Blackhawks home game with actual like.
3: That's right. You weren't thing. there, March eleventh. No, I wasn't you? there for that. God, game, that man. was the Odd weirdest game. freaking night ever, man.
2: Tom Hanks is gonna die.
3: Like we were all freaking out, man. It was really weird.
2: Yeah, I uh, yeah, I was just all watching it from home. I was like, whoa, what, what the hell's going on? <laughs> um.
3: No, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, like you know all, all the cheesy stuff that we take for granted having done this for so long like I'm looking forward to the anthem I'm looking forward to the player introductions I'm looking forward to hearing the goddamn Chelsea dagger which used to haunt me in my dreams like like it was so weird last year being in that building and like hearing Chelsea Dagger with nobody singing along to it. That, like, it'll be nice to just be in that. Like, it was really good to be in Pittsburgh and in Jersey and to hear the crowds. And, you know, the Jersey crowd is so dumb. It's all just, like, you know, they they sing you suck during their goal song. That's something Nashville does. I don't understand. Like, I don't have a problem with you chanting and making fun of the other team. But why would you do it immediately after you score a goal? Why would you be, your first instinct be, you suck! How about we're good or something? I don't know. Like, I, I never understood that. But it was just so great to be in that environment again. And the United Center, especially, the, the you know, it's been tepid obviously the last few years because the team has been less good but there's nothing like a home opener and that anthem and it's going to be loud as hell i mean remember how loud it felt when there were four thousand people in there for the last game of the season i mean it's going to be great it's yeah. going to be really nice just to to you know be back to normal
2: and and there's been a bit you know the, i think there, i think one of the changes we'll see for this next game and you know i, I jay zawaski and i think people had a couple had that the blackhawks aren't gonna have the ice girls anymore which is a change that's been needed for a while and i feel like a lot of this, I'm still judging. You know, I think Danny Wirtz on how he handles these these sexual assault allegations and a lot of the stuffs. Gonna, but I, I think there are a lot of positives that you know Wertz, Danny Wirtz has done since
3: he's become the CEO as well. And um, I, I think. And Jamie Faulkner moves. too. She's she does she not well. She has she has a lot to do with the, uh, the 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 fan experience, as they say. So you know she deserves she deserves credit. It's, it's such a small thing, and I know there's people that get mad about stuff like that. They were mad people mad. Remember back in 2013 or 2014 when you know they they stopped bringing out. Uh, the playing the stripper song for the, the you know the, the, for yeah. the shoot the puck remember shoot the puck was always it was always a kid it was a guy in a jersey and it was a, a a young attractive woman in high heels almost every single time and whenever the woman came out they would play the stripper the song was called the stripper whatever it is they would play that for her and you know I, I started tweeting about it because like I got I, I googled the name of the song because I think it's at the end of slapshot or whatever It is called the stripper and you know that summer, the fans got pissed, and at the uh, at the convention, a couple of fans stood up and said things to John McDonough, and then it was gone, just like yeah. that. Because the fans have the power here, and you know, you know, if you need to ogle women, there's other avenues to do that. Yeah. You know, you have. I, I, I
2: saw some people saying that. Oh, but you, you, all of a sudden, these women are out of their jobs. You know, like no, there's other... women on the ice crew. They're just going <laughs> to be wearing pants. Good God! Um, yeah, the culture that John McDonough. I mean, looking back, that. More and more about what John McDonough did while he was there. There's so much suspect and questionable. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things that needed to change and and fortunately, it, it, yeah, I guess it. Didn't yeah, it,
3: change, you know, so. it's 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 step by step, you know, the land acknowledgment starting last year like the Blackhawks yeah. were one of the first teams to do that. Now you're seeing that all over the place. Canada's making a big push for that too. Little I things still like the logo doesn't change in the next
2: oh, 10 years. 10 now, it, it,
3: like. if 10 years from now they're still called the Chicago Blackhawks with that logo, I would just be absolutely stunned. And that's yeah. I mean, think of think of where we were in 2010, 2011 with some of these things and how far we've come. Things change very very quickly exponentially it, it, when it comes to these things and we are in a a, a social moment where th- these things are not going to be acceptable for much longer
2: yeah um we got a couple of things that going on this week i know uh, it's sort of the focus is on the team right now and they kind of uh, the fun features are out the window for a minute we, we
3: had some planned but nobody wants to read a fun feature right now but they're, they're in the works they're coming
2: yeah uh did you watch anything read anything while you're on the road
3: I have been reading I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast yet. I've been reading this trilogy of books um about the the drug cartels in Mexico. It's it's fiction but it's like non-fictiony fiction like it's realistic and you know it, it's it's it, it's gritty and it's dark and it's this the darkest thing I've ever read. And like Scotty Burnside recommended it to me, and I swear to God, every night I go to bed with some horrible death in my head because it's so dark and cynical. It's really, really good. It's uh, by uh, Don Winslow is the author, and it's the Cartel trilogy. It starts with uh, the Power of the Dog, and it's really, really good. But man, is it a heavy read. Oh God, like, <laughs> I've, I've got like a hundred pages left in the last book. That's like a seven hundred and fifty page to the final book, and. I'm looking forward to it ending, so I could go read something really light and fluffy. But I, nice. I really do recommend it. But man, it puts you in a headspace. Let me tell you,
2: yeah, I've been reading Nick Hornby's new book, so that's been a lot lighter than that. Oh, but he did uh, <laughs> high, uh, high Fidelity. Is that it? Yeah, he did yeah. High Fidelity. Yeah, so. yeah, that's a yeah good one. I've been. I guess I'm on a British kick in a lot of different ways. Since you I've just want to live that. in,
3: you just want to live across the pond. I mean, let's make it clear at this point yeah my wife's like ireland she, she only watches tv if there's british accents involved it's like just move already just go go scott go to ireland. just go <laughs> we can still do podcasts over zoom you can watch the games at three in the morning like some of our followers do it'll be great
2: i, I guess if you have if all the interviews were over zoom i could just you know it wouldn't really matter if i was here or there so. <laughs> um yeah so we got a full week of uh coverage we got what games tuesday thursday sunday and then I guess we'll probably be back here monday or tuesday with the podcast
3: and
0: uh yeah
2: we'll uh It'll be an interesting week of hockey. A lot of things. Uh, a lot of things. Yeah, I, 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 I
3: think I think it's pretty clear right now. The fan base is engaged right yeah. now. Like th- there's not a lot of apathy right now, which is what you want. You know, as a writer, you certainly you want either the team to be spectacular or horrendously bad. Like there's nothing worse than that mushy middle they've been in for a while. But uh, the fan base is activated right now, and it's going to be interesting, even tonight, tomorrow night at the home opener. I mean, when they introduced Jeremy Colliton, remember when they introduced him after Joel Quenville was fired? <laughs> it was not, it, it, this is going to well, be they worse did, they didn't that. introduce him, right? The first couple of games, they didn't even say right, his name, right? Right, And I feel bad. Look, yeah. look Jeremy Colliton's a really smart guy. He's going to be a good coach in this league and he's going to have success in this league. And I like him personally. Like, there's a lot to like about having a young, forward-thinking, analytically-driven coach who's trying new things. And he is trying new things. Uh, it's not working at the moment. That doesn't mean it's never going to work. That doesn't mean he's some horrible coach. Right now he is you know the pressure is on him, and i i it would be foolish not to point that out, but that doesn't mean that he's some hack out there, and you know some of the vitriol out there it's a bit much for my taste it's like you know that's that's again that's Twitter's not necessarily representative of the fan base, but you know I'm sure he's going to get a a, a rough reception on Tuesday. I don't know if that's necessarily the right or fair thing to do, but you pay that much money to get in the building you can short of throwing things on the ice, you can do just about anything you want, but um you know, it's important to realize that just because it's not working doesn't mean he sucks at his job. I think that's yeah. fair to say.
2: The Blackhawks need a positive performance to yes to change his ner- narrative tomorrow. So, yes. Uh, as always, follow all of our stuff at the Athletic, and we'll have stories up all week. And we'll be back with another podcast for next week. Uh, and I'm Scott Powers, and he's Mark Lazarus. And this is Lazarus. Take care. And I know that I
1: can't fix it.
2: I can help even just a little bit
1: Won't you let me try